Hello, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk. It's once again summer at the movies time, and today we have an unlikely pair to discuss the newest feature film installment in the One Piece franchise, One Piece Film Red. I'm Jackson, and joining me today is Gigi. Y'all, I'm here to talk about One Piece with Jackson, who uh, we've never been on an episode before, have we? No, uh, I say unlikely pair because our tastes don't overlap too much. No, I tend to go for shiny production, make brain go happy, monkey clap. There's like a handful of Meldrag Josai that I like. So if like we ever get a Nana or Chiafuru episode off the ground, uh, that's a possibility. That would be amazing. Love that. Yeah, my my garbage taste does not uh, overlap with your much more sophisticated anime palette, but. Uh, <laughs> I do like One Piece Film Red a lot. Love, love to hear that. I, I'm i in a great mood today. Like, we've just had One Piece Day go by. <gasps> Did you watch all of it? It was so good. There's so much um, hype and happiness going on with all this. Like, the, the day we're recording this, they just dropped a new voyage, and uh, Yamato's voice actor uh, is finally in the show now. Ooh, you haven't even listened yet? Oh, God, I forgot all about that. Crap. <laughs> Now I kind of want to be like, let's go watch Yamato right now. <laughs> but I did want to ask before we get too far into things, like what your experience with One Piece is. One, because I'm like generally curious and two, so I know how much I can, how much detail I can go into. <laughs> well, uh, so my experience with One Piece is not a whole lot. So a, f- a fun thing about One Piece that I do is that Every Christmas Eve for I think maybe the past like, I don't know, eight or nine years or something, when everybody goes to bed, I'll wrap everybody's Christmas presents and watch One Piece. But in all the time that I've been doing that, I've only gotten up <laughs> to like Chopper. Oh, that's fun. I have done that to people. It's just like for fun. Just take those 12 episodes that involve Chopper and just show that around Christmas. I mean, but like I started from the beginning, I watched the beginning again, because uh, my boyfriend, Chris, who is the real One Piece MVP in our household, uh, loves One Piece, like he is One Piece everything, he's caught up with the manga, he has the figures, he's caught up with the anime. Um, So what I know about One Piece is up to Chopper. (laughs) And when I say up to Chopper, I literally mean when we get to his little tiny arc, and that's where I stopped watching. Skipped hundreds of episodes, watched three episodes with Charlotte Pudding because she is my wife and I love her. My number one sort of in the universe. We'll get to sort of because we're talking about One Piece Film Red and you know, who simps for Uda? This girl. And then after that, uh, I skipped to current. So, So... Uh, skipped another hundreds of episodes and I started current uh, after Zoro's after Zoro's big fight I guess with the the guy with the scythe uh, yeah I slept through that one so <laughs> so really what did I watch was Henry's episode if y'all don't know who Henry is oh he's like the um, uh, Henry American guy Henry Thurlow I think Yes. Okay, yeah. So I started a little before Henry's episode, watched Henry's episode, and I'm current now. Okay. 
and I've seen uh, Stampede, Gold, uh, another one where there's a bunch of animals and like Nami's in a pool. Okay, so a handful of the recent movies. Yes. Yeah, so that one's uh, Strong World. Thank you. And Red. And, and Red. that's it. And you skipped Film Z, which is the one that makes old men cry. So I think you're fine there. I, I started watching it and I fell asleep. Okay. Uh, my One Piece viewing is very sporadic because I have fallen asleep in every One Piece movie and we've seen them in the theaters, uh, except for Film Red, because it's got idols in it. <laughs> and before everybody goes off on me about how little One Piece I have seen, I also have my own headcanon for certain characters. Oh. And you can laugh at me, Jackson. Oh, like, great. it's fine. Um, because, first of all, I like to call Luffy Luffy because Gilbert Gottfried says it, and it's friggin' hysterical. Luffy. So now, so now I'm putting my head, head in my hands. <laughs> Sabo is Sanji's dad because they look alike. Ace is Luffy's dad because they look alike. Um, trying to think if anybody else is anybody else's dad. No, I know nothing about Brooke except his voice actor. I know nothing about Frankie or Jinbei. Or Nico Robin. I only know about Boa because my boyfriend simps for her. That sounds like him. And I collect Shirahoshi, Charlotte Pudding, Yamato, who is like my number two, Ulti, and Uda figures. My Yamato collection growing strong, man. It's great. I have every Charlotte Pudding figure ever made except for one. So I will get her one day. Yeah, that's my One Piece experience, and uh, I would prefer to not be spoiled on certain things, because I'm sure Sabo's not really Sanji's dad. However, I think it's funny, and I'm going to continue to think that until I figure it out for myself. I'm just thinking about, because I went with a friend to see Film Red, and he had not started One Piece yet Mm -hmm. when we did that. I think I got him into it uh, just for the music aspect. Uh, I showed him episode of East Blue, which was like a reanimated two-hour condensed version of like the first 50 episodes. Oh, the one that was on One Piece Day? I think so. It, it's okay. very nicely animated in comparison. Nice. Uh, yeah. And then he's kept up with it uh, since then, and he'll wow watch it during work hours, basically, <laughs> while working from home. Uh, and he is up through Jess Rosen now. That means nothing to me, but it sounds far. You've probably seen m- more uh, Whole Cake Island stuff than I have, because I, I've i kind of lapsed on the anime itself. Mm-hmm. I've been current with the manga for like 15 years, question mark. Oh my god. Fucking every week. Uh, this is a long ass series. Yeah, just like the, the dub went away for a while, and then it came back, and I didn't rev up the engine fast enough to uh, to keep going with it. So I'm, I'm just tuning in and out to see some of the new casts uh, that come on through. Yeah, I haven't really watched most of the dub. Oh, it is my goal to cosplay Big Mom. That's like my goal when I'm not lazy. When that will be, I don't know. And also Drake and Cavendish are my favorite boys. That's surprising. Is it? Drake, I think, would, is surprising to me. He does. He, I love dinosaurs. He is a dinosaur. This is true. 
Y'all, everybody's going to hate me. I'm so sorry. I feel the dislikes in this podcast, like, going up already. Mm. But you know what? It's fun. And, like, One Piece is about having fun, especially this movie. Exactly. It's it's always a good time to be a One Piece fan, no matter what kind of fan you are. And yeah, I will be your uh, One Piece super fan slash expert for this evening, <laughs> in absence of your <laughs> boyfriend. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, One Piece film reads. To describe it very succinctly, One Piece and crew have come to the first ever live concert of Uta, a pop idol who rose to prominence in the last two years. We learn very quickly that Uta and Luffy knew each other as children, and that's because Uta was Shanks' daughter. The plot of the movie from here is Uta's plan to use the concert to overturn the world. Uh, and free your friends, fans from pain and suffering. In particular, the pain and suffering caused by pirates like Luffy and Shanks. Thus, bringing a uh, quote-unquote new genesis. A new genesis Evangelion? New genesis, a new era. Uh, it's only the <laughs> name of her uh, first song in the movie. Oh, it's so good! I can't. Just right from the opening notes, it's uh, real exciting. I saw this in IMAX because I think those Same. were the, the only showings at the time. And this like really benefits from the IMAX showings. Oh my God. Thank God I saw this in IMAX because watching it on TV at home I and mean, we have a big TV, but we don't have like surround sound or anything, but just in IMAX, like with that music playing, like y'all, I was looking forward to this movie a long time because it takes a lot to get me interested in One Piece. Like, you have to have, like, a good character or some kind of gimmick that I'm going to latch on to. And you give me Uda, who's a VTuber, and that song, New Genesis, which is amazing. Like, when it started, I cried. Like, not going to lie. I'm sitting in the theater sobbing. And, like, these people around me are like, what is wrong with this girl? And I'm just like, it's so good. I love Uda. It's real funny that... uh... I was also kind of like not that interested in this movie from the like outset teasers. Like Stampede was fine, but my expectations were kind of cooled off and like I was expecting a fun time, not like a a hype exciting time at the movies. And then they announced who was going to be the singing voice for Uta, which is Otto, a at this point very well-known Japanese singer. And my hype just skyrocketed because I'd been following her for... Like two, three years at, at that point. I didn't know anything about her until this movie, but holy shit. Like, her voice is amazing. I was just like, oh, there's so many different like timbers and like registers that she goes through. And it's just like, oh my God, like who could possibly even compare to sing like this? And here's me thinking in the English dub They gotta dub these songs, right? They have to. No, they didn't. It's okay, though. That that feels very much like a uh, Toei animation call. Like, they want to promote uh, this music label and this singer in every region. And this is how they do it. I'm I'm of two minds about it. Like, it would have been great to get these songs dubbed in English in the movie. But also, I love auto singing. I want it. I want it both ways. (laughs) well we kind of got it both ways i want to have it both ways i want it that way did you did you just make a backstreet boys reference did i just make a backstreet boys reference it's a a little late for may 
that's in sync. Oh no, I'm a fake Backstreet Boys fan? Question mark. <sighs> it's all good. It's all good. We'll teach you. We'll teach you the ways, Jackson. Next One Piece movie, there better be a boy band. Your girl's gonna be a happy camper. They would too. I, I can't put past them. <laughs> well, here is Shimono, who plays uh, the dragon in like the newest, the pink dragon, the big one. He's show in Udapri. Pink. Show is also pink. I'm going to talk about somebody else in this movie who's also in Udapri in the Japanese version and how the, that transfers over to English. All you, my girls, you with me now? We're talking about Udapri. You get it. You get it. I'm going to shut up now. Uta means song in Japanese. <gasps> Who are the lovely crew and cast that we're going to be talking about today? All right. Well, let's start with the ADR director, who is one Anthony Bowling. And he's being assisted on this by ADR director Mike McFarland. Mike McFarland is, of course, the One Piece like head overseer, captain, supervisor on all things One Piece, the brains of the operation a lot of the time. But he's taken more of a step back just because it's such a huge project that a lot of other people have uh, stepped up to the plate in this time. So like we've had uh, Joel McDonald in the past, and now it's... Anthony Bowling and Emily Fajardo doing the, the main series. And Anthony Bowling in charge of uh, this movie. Along with him, we've got ADR script writer Clint Bickham, who, of course, has done basically all of the writing for One Piece. He's the head writer on that as well. Uh, and also I'm including in here is a lyric adaptation by uh, Brina Palencia. Because even though we're not getting the dub songs in the movie... She did provide uh, translated lyrics that are adapted and are meant to be sung aloud. Uh, they fit the, the meter and the, the rhyme scheme. So I, I felt it worth an inclusion. Um, did they spell Clint's name wrong in the credits? Because I thought it said Clint Brickham. And I said, who's that? <laughs> I wonder if they spelled his last name wrong. That's not how you spell his name. It is supposed to be Bickham. That's what I thought. And I was like, I know who that is, but I don't know who Brickham is. Maybe I'm going crazy, but I swear to you, there was an R in there. But whatever. I mean, do you do this, Jackson? So I was watching the dub and I had the Japanese subtitles on at the same time. No, but I did see this mo movie in dub and sub. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, <sighs> I get very like bored of reading subtitles so if something is not subtitled there's like a 90 percent chance i'm gonna wait for it to get dubbed so i've just i've seen it twice dubbed i know for myself going to the movie theater i vastly prefer going to see a dub version just because the subtitles are like a foot high and like right in my face <laughs> i I, <laughs> I can physically feel my head moving as i try to read them while doing that so yeah, and the aspect ratio, yeah, a lot of the times is wrong. Like, it's really weird. Not in IMAX, though. IMAX is pretty good when it comes to subtitles. But um, so I did have the subtitles on when I watched it. And I have to say, writing-wise, I enjoyed the English jokes in the dub more than the subtitle jokes. I don't know. There were just a bunch of ones like Sanji was saying, I'm going to make you into a shish kebab. And I was like, die. And shove him up his ass. Yeah. Yes. I was laughing. I was like, uh, the, the Sanji Soro uh, bickering was in top form. It was so good. And there was like a kiss 
reference when Usopp was on in the beginning and I was just like super happy about it because I was like that's a kiss song and Chris is like what and I was like never mind this is what I know one piece is what you know bring on the rocking something like that yeah like rocking all night or something or every day and I was like yeah that's a kiss reference awesome enjoy it my, my meme adult brain latched onto one near the end which was uh Zoro saying so you're finally awake which is like a uh, Skyrim meme to me uh, see, that one flew over my head. <laughs> I don't do Skyrim. I like, I don't know. I just, I liked the writing in this. I felt it was, I thought it was accurate enough to the Japanese translation, but it still had like a dub feel to it. Like it didn't sound too static or too like formal. Yeah, married to the very like rigid subtitle uh, translation. Yeah. Yeah, that's not my jam. I like it when they make jokes. I like it when dub writers get to like stretch their writing chops and use, you know, English puns and jokes as opposed to the Japanese puns and jokes that are funny, I guess, if you're Japanese. But like, if you're not and you don't know the the history behind them, you're not going to get it. So I, I always appreciate a good One Piece dub writing joke. Yeah, no, I thought I thought the writing was pretty spectacular on this one. Like everyone's feeling great and in character. There's a lot of great like action movie lines that Uda gets to say right before she starts into a song. Like I'll make a song out of you. Yeah, that's like such such a great like cool one liner. Uh, Uda has a lot of good one liners. Uh, Shanks going you clinging little monkeys to the bunch of kids. Like <laughs> there's so there's so much fun in in these lines but also like a lot of these times where uh the drama is just turned up that little bit more just perfectly crafted to cause the maximum amount of pain i thought in in some of these scenes yeah there's a lot of pain in this movie (laughs) for me as i sat there crying through most of it uh i thought the direction was pretty good so i don't know who's new to this movie as opposed to who's Uh new in one piece um chris told me that the boat was new in rare form there is not many there is no new canon voices in this movie that didn't already appear in the tv show okay so all of the new voices are unique to this movie so yeah the the boat uh, is unique there's those two like audience kid members that you know chime in now and again oh yeah that one that was justin briner yeah the one that's obviously justin briner <laughs> The one that's Deku, yeah, yeah, Shepherd Deku, uh, and the other one that's the <laughs> Uta cosplayer. Yeah, she was so cute. That little girl was so cute. Yeah, sweet little kids. Yeah, and otherwise it is uh, Gordon and Uta. Everyone else uh, are already a, a character. Well, I guess the um, the jellyfish pirates who were those guys that attacked her at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's one of those. Uh, cameos in there just for the Japanese audience because that's like a real life band I believe I was gonna say I remember seeing them on One Piece Day and I was like should I know who they are because I don't and then I watched the movie and I was like well they were barely in the movie <laughs> yeah that's that's for the Japanese audiences perfect good for them get your, get your cameos people um, I, so I, yeah I guess I can't really talk about the casting too much except for uh, perfect casting for Uda is perfect yeah, absolutely. Like 
the new additions fit in just perfectly with the, the existing cast. Like, at this point, every, everyone is fitting their characters like a glove, and it's really just effortless that they can slide in there. And, yeah, we get those new characters in there that are interacting and causing hijinks all the same. Like, one thing um, Mike McFarlane's, like, emphasizes quite often, if you would go back and listen to episode commentaries on DVDs and stuff, how cartoony One Piece is. Mm-hmm. He's always pushing the actors to go bigger and louder and, and goofier. Whatever you're feeling at the time, just amplify it that much more. And that's One Piece. That's what it's like being on the boat. That's funny. I uh, I felt for poor uh, poor Colleen during this, and I was like, man, her throat must hurt a lot. I was like, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, and she, she's been doing Luffy for 15 years. It has permanently altered her voice. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, like screaming as, as Luffy has dropped her voice like an octave. Wow. That's nuts. I think if you could go back and listen to like some of the pre-Luffy stuff, like uh, Reza Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen Brothers Conflict, let's be real. I think that's post-Luffy. But it's pretty high. Mm. Yeah, so. yeah, she can still go high. Yeah, I don't know. I really, I like, I liked it a lot. So I can't leave, I can't even talk about casting because the questions that I have coming up have nothing to do with this movie because the new characters are really good. Um, From a a directing standpoint, I mean, I haven't seen a ton, like maybe a little bit over 100 episodes of the dub. And like you said, like so cartoony through all of it. And that's how it's supposed to be. So I can't really say anything bad about the direction or anything really constructive about it because you're there to have a, a good time. And I think... A lot of the direction notes would probably be said towards the new main characters like Uda and Gordon. I don't know. I just liked it. I had a good time. That was the point, right? Yeah, exactly. Good time was had by all. I was just going to mention a bit about Brina's involvement because it... Yeah. Unusually, her involvement started like months before anyone else because she provided the English translation for those lyrics so that they could be included in the movie itself. Like, Oh, wow. It's pronounced in like uh, New Genesis because that's when they actually have English lyrics uh, appear on screen for a little bit, like mm-hmm. in, in the animation itself. So that's where that comes in. But they also used her translations on all of the YouTube MVs leading up to the movie. The YouTube Japanese ones or yeah. Amelie's YouTube ones? The Japanese ones on Autos and the One Piece official channel. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, they're just there under the uh, closed captioning. It's kind of fantastic. And, like, at this point, I've listened to this music so much and seeked out <laughs> yeah, so many same. covers of these. Like, I've heard a bunch of translations of those lyrics. Brino's are the best. Good. I've got some things like that's like, uh, oh, here, me an amateur. I could, you could improve this one little thing that would maybe, like, rhyme better or fit, fit a scheme better. But no, it's immaculate. She even, um, she's done a cover of Top Musica herself, actually, in Spanish, even. You're kidding. That was wild to find out. Yeah. Oh, my God. That song is so difficult. Well, all these songs are really difficult to sing coming from a singer. So they're all so hard. Yeah. Anyone who can sing them 
He's just talented as hell. They're really banking on Otto's ability to, like, her range and her, the control she has over her voice, and they absolutely can do that. Like, she, she's got so much power behind it. Like, I don't know what black magic that she does. Uh, I'm thinking Backlight, in particular, the, uh, the fight song against the Straw Hats, where she can just hit that Moi Kai, Moi Kai. Like, her <gasps> voice cracks in a, like, specific, yeah. like, controlled way. That like everyone else that's covered these, no one else has been able to replicate that, and I don't. To know do how the she... crack? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it's hard. You, it's hard to not to crack on purpose. It's extremely difficult. Like that takes so much control, and just flipping between her registers like that also takes a ton of control. Like a lot of the Uda songs seem very chaotic, but. Every note in there is so controlled by Otto. And it's just ridiculous. Like this movie, people have said it's kind of like a a musical. And it is. They're like, it's kind of like a Disney musical. Well, it's not. (laughs) But it is a musical. A musical in a good way. Not a musical in a this is really lame way. So Yeah, it's hard to scan it onto like a musical or a rock opera because... It's one character singing about her her feelings in in the moment, and no one else is joining in on any songs. Like, imagine if Luffy got a song. Then it would be a musical. Yeah. Have you seen Inuo? I have, yes. So, like, I had a huge problem with Inuo because... This is related, I swear. Because the songs in Inuo sounded too much like American songs that were already written or British songs, whoever wrote the music at that time. And I was like, oh, this would be so great. The singing is ridiculous. It's so good. Who could ever do the songs in English? And in the dub for Inuo, they didn't dub the songs in English. I was like, I could think of one person, but (laughs) they didn't do it. And I was like, thank God. I was like, Mm. please don't. And like here, like, I was like, Otto is amazing. Like, could they dub the songs in English? And I and probably we're not going to talk about her right at this moment. But when I saw the previews and everything and the trailers and the little VTuber clips for this movie, I was like, the only person who could possibly play Uda in English is the person who played Uda in English. So I was like, over the fucking moon. I, I think everyone had that thought. Yeah. Has she been in One Piece? No. Not that I know of. Uh, she has, but that's no. Fine. She has. No. She has been once. It's a very different character. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll discuss that later. Okay. And then it was her, the the obvious choice. And you know what? She did her own covers of all these songs. And they're all really good. <laughs> they are great adaptations of, of these songs into English. Like like I said, I'm I'm of two minds. I want them both. I I want them both. Yes, and I'm glad we got them both, even if the English ones aren't technically in the movie. I was kind of hoping they might be like as a Blu-ray special feature, but instead we got those three episodes of the show and they're dubbed. So I was like, okay, I guess I was like, I'll take this because I hadn't seen those dubbed. I'd just seen them subtitled because I did watch those. <laughs> okay. I didn't end up watching those episodes because I've, I've had experience with the movie tie episodes and they've all been irrelevant. Uh, to the events of the movie. 
Uh, it helped me because I don't know a lot of One Piece. So to go back in time and like get some more scenes of baby Uda and baby, oh God, baby Luffy. I almost said Luffy um, and Shanks, who I know nothing about Shanks and like the story of the hat and stuff and the story of the the fruit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, OK, I didn't know any of this. So <laughs> I was like, that was it was nice for me. OK, yeah, this is all like episode one if you don't know backwards and forwards it's good to have a uh, refresher on that and i'll take more uda in any way that i possibly can because uda is the best and i love her and i love her little jacket and i love her hair and i love everything about her she's the best fight me not none of of that jacket in the movie for sure it's, it's there for like two minutes because she takes, takes off halfway through i love that jacket Like, if they made that jacket? They have made merch of that jacket. Did you see the new figures where I think you can change the clothes? I haven't seen that many. I've seen uh, alternate colors on some of the figures. I hope that's not it. I hope it's you can change the clothes. Because that was a very expensive figure to have to buy three. It's like (laughs) 180 bucks. But it was like one with the jacket and one with the white wings and one with the black wings better be able to change those clothes <laughs> i was gonna ask uh do you have a favorite song on this of the seven my favorite song is the angry song that i listened to on spotify like 30 times in a row one day when i was really pissed about something <laughs> the, one, the one where she's just screaming in a runic language yes talk music yeah that one it's like a real good showcase of just like every modern Japanese music talent right now. It's a lot like um, Chainsaw Man in that way. Because that had like a different musical artist for every episode to do the ending, right? I don't know. I've seen one episode of Chainsaw Man. <laughs> I know. I'm the only person ever. Um, I also, what is the other one? The one about that says something about compliance. Love that song too. I, I think that one's uh, Backlight. Yeah. I think so. What about you? Uh, I'm really partial to uh, Fleeting Lullaby, which is the the psychedelic rap electric swing one. Oh, okay. Oh, that one's really good, too. God, they're all good. And that's probably Backlight and then probably Top Musica. Like uh, the I'm Invincible one where she puts on the gold armor is probably my least favorite of that, but I still love that one because of the drumline. Mm Mm-hmm. That was another thing I appreciate about hearing that in IMAX because you heard that drumline real clear. Oh, it was so nice. It was so nice. Mm. Now I want to go watch it in IMAX again. Maybe it'll come back. We can only hope. Yep. Yeah, I think that covers our cast and crew. Let's get into some of the characters. We're just doing uh, two groups of characters this time around. This movie is stuffed already. The individual characters don't have a whole lot to do if they aren't uh, one of the main three. Like, we're, we're skipping over the Straw Hats today for a couple different reasons. Like, they don't have a lot going on in this movie. Like, they all do their thing. Yeah. I don't think Jackson wants to hear me simp over Brooke. It's fine. It's fine. This movie needed more bro- Brooke. If this movie had more Brooke, that would be great. Like, how, how do we have a movie involving souls and the afterlife and music and not involve Brooke Moore in the plot. Like he has a built in, this is me nerding out about one piece, but he has a built in defense and control over his soul that Uta's powers should not work against. And yet here we are. 
Really? Yeah, that's that's stuff that comes up uh, particularly in Whole Cake Islands. Like, Brooke is an MVP, that arc, for sure. Now I gotta finish it. Thanks. I'm sure my boyfriend will be thrilled. That means he gets to watch more One Piece. <sighs> if, you, if you want the really good Brooke stuff, you, you do have to go back to Thriller Bark. I mean, like, eventually I'll get through everything. Maybe. I don't know. I might skip some. He also had a fair bit in Strong World, so the one with all the, all the animals, just because that was his first movie with the crew. So. Oh, okay. They gave him a little bit more to do. Yeah, there was one line from Brooke, and I was just like, thanks, Brooke. I'm only dying a little. Just a little. Ian Sinclair. We know who you are. We, we got it in there. Got it in. I got my Ian Sinclair mention in this podcast. You're welcome. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about the main people, though. I don't know. Uh, Sanji? I don't know. So, like, his French pronunciation is not the greatest. It's a little off when he's trying to do, uh, yeah, French, like, animal cuts. I'm glad that I'm not the only person who recognizes this. Everybody gives me crap for it. And I'm like, look, I studied French for, like, 12, 13 years, y'all. Like, oh, same I could do Really? Oh, wait, you're Canadian, aren't you? Yeah, I did uh, 12 years of French immersion. Nice, nice. My mom uh, was a French teacher, so I got it at home, and then I got it at school, and then I went to France, and I was like, uh, I'll just oh. live here forever. It's fine. Oh, where, where did you go in France? Because this is now the podcast. Uh, I spent... Yeah, it is. I spent uh, five weeks there. Wow. Just before grade 12. Got sent there by my grandpa. I was like, go get some culture. Stupid <laughs> kid. Uh, so I spent three weeks in Nice along the Côte d'Azur. Stayed with a little old Jewish lady. Nice. Uh, and then I spent two weeks in Paris. The first week of which I spent in my room reading One Piece, funnily enough, <laughs> uh, catching up on that manga. And then the, the my last week in Paris, I just jammed in all the tourist stuff that I could. Oh, man. Yeah, I, we spent almost a week in Paris because, um, you know, I had to go to uh, Disneyland Paris. Of course I did. This is me. Um, and then we did like the, oh God, we did like all the touristy things. We went down in the, oh, the catacombs. That's what it was. The catacombs. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so cool. I was like, this is so cool. Then I almost died going back up the stairs. I was like, down was easy. Up was a challenge. Uh, we went, you know, did the Eiffel Tower and all that kind of stuff. And then we spent some time in Cannes. But it was right when the film festival was happening. <laughs> Seems ill-advised. Bad choice. Well, okay, so we went on a Backstreet Boys cruise in Europe. Mm, got to hang out with the Backstreet Boys. Got to go to Europe. It's a win in so many directions. Um, but we went to like a bunch of different countries and... You know, Paris, where I want to retire. I just want to lay on the grass and eat bread and drink wine for the rest of my life. And I'll be okay with that. Like, that sounds like paradise to me. I think it's funny, too, because when we went to Canada, uh, I went to Canada a long time ago. I went with high school, actually. We sang in a bunch of places and we sang at this school. And all of these 
kids were speaking French and they were talking crap about us and like cursing at us and all this stuff. So I started cursing and talking back at them in French and then they shut the fuck up after that. So y'all, I, you I never know who speaks story. your language. <laughs> Do I really? Have a, I have a very similar story because uh, yeah, we went to uh, Quebec for Carnival, mm-hmm. uh, which was like an overnight trip. So we had a bunch of parent chaperones along with us who did not speak French, but all the like French teachers and the French kids spoke the language. So they could uh, snitch on like the store clerks and whoever else was uh, bad mouthing them to their face. Oh, my God. See, y'all got to be careful. You never know who can speak your language if they're not speaking it like fluently in front of you. It's funny. Um yeah. So anyway, Sanji speaks French. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's uh, Gigi's opinions on the Straw Hats. Exactly. Yeah. Sanji's French is not the greatest. And uh, did I write anything else about Robin sounds like a mom? I wrote that. Uh, Chopper is basically me simping for Uda. Yes, Chopper. I know. It's okay. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got. They don't do a lot. Yeah, I think our friend uh, Zenith covered them pretty well when she and Andrew did Film Gold a couple years back now. Oh, good. Good. I can actually listen to that now since I've seen Film Gold. There you go. Hey. Uh, If you want to know my thoughts, I'll be brief as I can. All the Straw Hats are voiced by all-time industry greats. If I made a top (laughs) ten list of my favorite voice actors, they'd be nine of the ten people. Yay. And their respective Straw Hats are career highlights for each of them. I will be accepting no criticism at this time. I I love them all. Yay. I can't say bad shit about Sanji, though. Sanji's my favorite. <laughs> I, I also collect Sanji figures, but there's way too many for me to get them all. I, I can't even judge. Sanji's my third favorite straw hat. What am I, what am I even saying? <laughs> Who's your favorite, though? It is a Nami Usopp tie for first and second. Oh, now I feel bad because before we started recording, I was talking shit about Usopp. <laughs> Uh, if I have to pick one, it's going to be Nami. Yeah, that's who Chris likes, too. He loves him some Nami. Brooke slots in at number four, and 90% of that is Ian Sinclair. This is where Luffy comes in around here. And then, yeah, the rest of them, all kind of the same after that. I, I love them all. Yay. From here, though, uh, we can get to talk about some of the other characters in this movie that have at least something to do or something to talk about, such as newest Straw Hat Jinbei. Good old uh, fish uncle, as well as Sunny Kun, the marketable plushie that they've added to this movie. <laughs> One of three marketable plushies that they've made exclusively for this movie. What shit? There's a plushie. I gotta have it now. Who are the other two? Uh, Beppo and Bluno. All three of them got turned into little tiny chibis, right? Is that the bear? Yeah, that, that's the uh, polar bear, <laughs> and the weird guy in the uh, green tracksuit. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the part of this podcast where Gigi doesn't know anybody's fucking name. This it's is a very silly. This is a very silly movie, in parts. Also, I want to talk about for myself. I wanted to talk about Kobe, and you had some stuff to say about Bartolomeo, captain of the Barto Club. Yes, I had to think about who he was for a second because I didn't remember his name, but I got it now. Rooster. I mean, Luffy doesn't remember anyone's names either. He. His name's Rooster, as far as anyone's concerned. Oh, really? <laughs> That's funny. Cavendish is Cabbage. What? My boy. Okay. All right. I know nothing about him except what I saw in that movie. 
BT dubs. And he has boat is like the best boat ever. It's got a pony on it. He's got the pony boat. That's right. He's he's from the beautiful pirates. He had to leave uh, his homeland and become a pirate because all of the women in his country were fighting over him because he's so pretty. Wow. Yeah, I like him even more now. He's like completely my type. Perfect. <laughs> That's Cavendish. Voicing these characters as Jinbei, we've got newcomer Daniel Bogg. Kobe is voiced by Micah Solasad. Bartolomeo is voiced by uh, Tyson Reinhardt. And Sonny-kun, our mascot character, is voiced by Lisa Ortiz. Uh, Lisa is well-known from uh, four kids' voices like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! She was the previous four kids' voice of Tony Tony Chopper. Oh, wow. So we're at that stage where the, the four kids' voice actors can, you know, slot in there now and again. We've had uh, One Piece, or we've had four kids Luffy come back and voice an old woman. For example. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Jimbei, Daniel Bog, this is all he does uh, for Funimation. He's, uh, or he hasn't had any other named characters, I should say. He's Seriously? Been a He's been a wow. bunch of like uh, additional characters and, and bit parts all over the place. But like this is, like he might have one or two other uh, voices, but this is what he's got. Okay. Kobe is Mike Solasad, who's been around uh, Funimation a long time now. In Noragami, he's uh, Yukine. In Yuri on Ice, he's Yuri Plisetsky. He was in the Code Guest OVA, uh, Akito the Exiled, as the main character in that. Tyson Reinhardt has been in One Piece before, m- mostly to, to do the same type of voice. Like, uh, he was in Film Gold as uh, the dice guy. That's always like, come on, hit me more, hit me harder. <laughs> He's probably most known for Daru from Steins Gate. Or now, I guess, Ranga, the wolf puppy from uh, the slime isekai. Okay. I've also got, uh, did you see the Natsume Book of Friends dub? I did not. I haven't seen that at all. I put that Kaname uh, Tunuma because I thought you might, might have seen that one. That's all right. Sorry. I hate to disappoint you in my non-anime watch. Like, this is the first thing I've watched all month. I'm, I'm trying to gauge what you might have seen. A forever. I, I mean, I am in no place to judge. I've watched like one thing in the past year. Or like past literally, uh, season, I should say. Yeah, I write down everything that I watch, and the only thing for July that I finished was rewatching this movie. And I'm pretty sure in June it was like a movie. Oh no, yeah, I watched Lonely Castle in the Mirror in the theater. Don't. Uh, and I watched Kageki Shoujo again. Good. So I could record a podcast. Basically nothing except podcast recordings. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Oh, I haven't mentioned uh, Gordon, uh, who I wanted to talk about in this section. Oh, in this section? Yeah. It was uh, voiced by Jim Ferranda, known for muscular in uh, My Hero Academia, which was like a big muscle-based villain. He's Franken-Zombie from Sleepy Demon in the... Or Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. Okay. And he was the dad in the Quince harem anime. Quintessential quintuplets. I I did watch the Quince. All of it. I'm still mad at it. I won't spoil it in this podcast. Mm. Nino is best girl. Anyway. um, (laughs) He was also uh, in that other show that I watched where he played that hot guy. 
that's really unhelpful for anyone listening, except that I did do a podcast on it. It's like Millionaire something uh, or other. Millionaire Detective? or what? Yeah, that's it. I was thinking Pretty Boy Detective Club, and I was like, no, that's not right. Millionaire Detective. He's the hot guy. Love Jim Veranda. That sounds about right. Uh, like, I want to talk about uh, briefly about Kobe. Yeah. Th- this character is my son. Really? I love him so much. He shows up in episode one. He's a little dopey yeah. uh, dough boy with pink hair and big glasses. Uh, and then, you know, two, three hundred episodes go by and puberty hits this child like a truck. Dude, he got hot. <laughs> what a glow up. He looks so good. Like every every time I see him, I'm just filled with pride. <laughs> and like this movie goes to show some more of that. He gets to take command and call shots. While Luffy's at commission, he's going around and getting shit done while everyone else is running around in circles. Love him. Oh, my God. He's also just like so honest and bashful. Like there's some stuff that's happened off screen where as a result of that, he's been called a Navy hero. Yeah. Chris is telling me about that. He's got some accomplishments that have been mostly happening off screen. that have been getting him up and up like stock is stock is rising in this character. And it feels real good to just see him grow like that. Yeah. I don't know. I maybe, maybe he'll be one of the main adversaries at the end of the series. So wait, is he a bad guy now? Uh, he is one of the Navy. Uh, who, Are the Navy the bad guys? Broadly speaking, yes. <gasps> like, just look at the Navy people in this movie. They all suck. But they were hot, though. They're my type. I don't know. I seem like, okay, so we've been talking on Discord and we're like, let me talk about the One Piece trading card game. Yeah, exactly. I got, I got real into the One Piece trading card game. You've gotten into collecting it. Yep. And I don't know who any of these people are. So I'm going through the cards, going through them. And Chris is like explaining to me who all these people are. And everyone I like, I'm like, ooh, I like this guy. He's like in the Navy. I was like, oh, what about this guy in the Navy? I was like, are you kidding me now? Why do I like all these Navy boys? I know nothing about them. I, I will say most of the, the Navy is pretty all right. Like most of the named ones are pretty all right, guys. Like Kobe, great, cool dude. Smoker, who we don't see much in this, but was a big feature in uh, Stampede. Love that guy. Fujitora is in this movie. I don't want to talk about Fujitora in this movie because he kind of sucks and is out of character. But he's normally a pretty chill dude. Nice. Kizaru, kind of an asshole not not really going to defend him. <laughs> He's the guy in yellow. Okay. Akainu is a really great villain guy. He's the red shirt one with the big cigar. Okay. And his job in the movies is just just to stand around and be mad. Mhm. I like that. I like the mad guys. I liked Kobe though. I like when I was listening to him, I couldn't pinpoint that it was Micah and I was just kind of like Wow, his voice is so familiar to me, and it's so nostalgic to me. And I was just like, "Man, mm. Kobe, you, I know you. You got a glow up, my dude." And I was just, I just wanted to hear him talk. Like I don't know, I just want to hear him talk a lot. It's great. He's just a sweet boy. Yeah, we need more sweet boys in One Piece because everyone's kind of weird. <laughs> it's a lot of old gruff men. Yeah, and. <laughs> A lot of angry boys. That probably bring, brings me to uh, Jinbei, who's the newest edition. And he's a straw hat, so he's going to be around till the end of the series. I had a lot of praise for the rest of the straw hats. Like, g- give Daniel time. 
he'll get there. He had a lot to do in Fishman Island and uh, Whole Cake Island. Okay. And he's back in the story come the newest dubbed episodes. It's, it's good to have him around. So, like, I'm afraid of fish. So, I don't really like Jinbei on principle. Okay. Not that he's a bad character. I just don't want to look at him because he terrifies me. Um, but I didn't hear him talk very much at all in this movie. So, I don't really know if I can pass judgment. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling the same, but... He, w- he was worth a mention, at least. Exactly, because it's his first movie. We're proud of him. I am. Like, he's he's just happy to be along for the ride at this point in the story. He's trying to keep up. He's the new guy. He's like, what? what's up with it? Why are we dressing in costumes? I don't understand. Why do I look like Elvis? And I'm like, oh, because it's funny and I want to buy figures. That's why you're dressed like Elvis, my dude. God. Speaking of, these figures are atrociously expensive. Uh, All the ones from this movie are, but they look so nice. Okay. At least the trading cards are cheap. Yeah, but they're like hard to pull anything like super nice. Like I got an Uda and I was so excited. And then I like looked it up to see how much it was worth. And it was worth like 45 cents. And I was like, but I love her. (laughs) Why is she so cheap? One one of the uh, red ones? Oh, no, I got the... The big one. It was shiny. Okay, shiny and gold? Uh, I don't think it was gold. Just like the regular big one. Not the expensive one. The cheap one. Because full disclosure, I've, like, I probably am simping for that character in the card game in particular. And like trying to collect all the different variants on her. Yay! Like, she had a particular drawing by um, guest artist uh, Demi Posca, who's the uh, Promised Neverland author. Oh, wow. Did an illustration, and that became a trading card, and that one was like $40 at one point. Oh, my God. And that's for the alt art special one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the regular one's not seeing much play, so people aren't trying to grab it and collect it. They'd rather sell it, so it's gone way down in price. That's okay. I got her. I was so excited. I was like, I got Uda. I like literally screamed in the car, and Chris is like, what the hell? And I was like, Uda! And then he was like, look it up and see if it's the good one. And I was like, it's worth 45 cents. But I love her. So that's all that matters. I didn't get any good ones yet. I'm still trying to pull that $60 Charlotte pudding. I have to keep oh. remembering that pudding is her first name, not her last name. Uh, so I have that card. <gasps> Shut up. I could probably get you that card. No, no. I want to pull her. I'm, I'm that bitch because... We also pull Pokemon cards, and I'm like, I have to pull the Marnie full art. If I don't pull the Marnie, my life is not complete. So I literally have every Marnie <laughs> except that mm. one. I have a group of uh, train card playing friends, and we'll uh, crack boxes together. Or at least, like, trade between us to try to make sure we all get what we need. Nice. They just released the giant stack of Pillars of Strength up at the One Piece store. So now I have to go back and buy a box. <laughs> they're like we just restocked this was yesterday i was like if i go tomorrow will they still have a box for me anyway fam uh that's our lives now this is our lives now okay so let's talk about the dude can we talk about the dude what with the hair i I guess the green-haired dude okay so the green-haired dude is voiced in japanese ready fam by shotaro morikubo who is Reiji in Udino Prince-sama. So in all of my notes, whatever this dude's name is, Bart, I called him Reiji. 
<laughs> and he sounds like Reiji and he looks has green like Reiji. He's definitely Reiji from Udapri. If he had a nose ring and was like way cooler. Tyson sounds like uh, this Reiji guy in English. Well, the, he doesn't have an English voice. Udapri has no dub. We won't talk about it. Um, no, I wrote, Reiji sounds like the Kool-Aid slash Slim Jim man. Why does Reiji have a New York accent? I don't understand. Is it because he's a punk? What's going on here? I wish I knew what this guy sounds like in other stuff. And then Chris was like, he sounds like the dude you simp for in school rumble. Because that's him. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Why? Why does he sound like that? I get it. <laughs> That's kind of great. Uh, which guy in School Rumble? Is it uh, uh, the dude Harima? With the, yeah, Harima. With the mustache? Yeah, with the mustache and the sunglasses. All right. Well, that's fun. Putting that note away for later. I know. I was like, that's where you know. Uh, what is his name? Ty- no, his name is... Uh, Brandon Parter. Sorry, that's Shanks. My bad. I got him confused. Anyway, this is how my life is going. Yeah, I don't know what Tyson Reinhardt does. I think I've talked about him previously, but I was just like, is this a thing? Like, do all the guys who look like punks sound like they come from New York? Like, I want to get him pizza and ride the subway or something. Like, is this a thing? Yeah, I don't think that's especially a thing in One Piece, but that is that is exactly what Bart's character is. A punk who's been following Luffy around for a while. Man, did you see his boat? He really simps Luffy. Super hard. Like, <laughs> I, I think when we figured out what his deal was, we're all just like, oh, he's he's one of us. He's a, he's a One Piece fan. Like, the rest of us, <laughs> fuck. And this is what Oda thinks of us. <laughs> and, and then he, and he, became a sup- he became a super popular character as a result. Oh, is he? Because he's in all the recap episodes. And that's where I was like, hey, this dude sounds familiar. It wasn't a dubbed one. It was a subbed one. And I was like, he sounds really familiar. Why do I know this voice? I was like, it sounds like the dude from Udapri, but weirder. And so I looked him up and I was like, it is the dude from Udapri, but weirder. So I was really excited. I was like, I caught that. I caught that all by myself. Chris was like, I'm proud of you. I was like, thank you. He gets a lot of laughs. Okay. Yeah. And and he's just well-loved as a result well now what you said at the beginning of the episode makes a lot of sense to me if they're always told to be more cartoony and to go like above and beyond i i get it tyson now i get i get you i get you boo like i get why good old bart ragey is how he is but i was i was just very confused i was like why is the only one he's the only one who talks in a new york accent why? Why? What is happening? Because I don't have context behind this. So it was hysterical. I'm not doubting it, but I was just kind of like, what's happening? <laughs> so I just wanted to talk about Reiji. Really? There's surprisingly few accents in One Piece. I know way early on when they were first casting for it and doing auditions, they were like, no pirate accents. Okay. Absolutely none. And then they kind of slip in people like Mihawk, who's kind of got a little bit of a Spanish accent. Okay. Who else was there? The villain in Strong World has like a Jamaican accent going on. So yeah, they, they've loosened up a little bit, but they've really not had to resort to accents just to have the same person do multiple voices in the show. And they need to be distinct, so they give them an accent. I swear to God, everybody and their dog is in One Piece. If you have breathed in the Texas air, you have been in One Piece. That's so funny. 
Yeah. Uh, but uh, also I said, wow, they gave the boat a voice. It's so kawaii. Yone? It was cute. I like the boat. Sunny. I would love if that boat plushie talked, and then I would definitely own it. That boat plushie is a menace in the card game. It's a very cheap card and gets in and kills you. Really? Oh my gosh. Well, my deck is yellow, so if it's not yellow, I guess I can't play with it. That's how the One Piece card game... Unfortunately not. That's how it works, I guess. I guess I could buy another deck, but they were all sold out last time I went there, so I'm glad I got the one that I got. All right. Yeah, let's talk about Gordon before we move on to the main show. Yes. He's a surprise highlight, for sure, I think. like I wasn't expecting a lot from this character, and then he's playing to the back seats with how big he's going with his voice. I wrote down, he sounded so legendary. I loved it. He really loves Uda, and you can hear it in the performance. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to describe Gordon. Like, he's... A lot of the problems in this movie kind of lie on him. Yeah. Just a little bit. Like, the character himself is earnest, but he's not too bright about what what's all going on. He's complicit in the lie that's going on. And he had access to this terrible de- demonic song and didn't get rid of it. But it carries through in the performance that he gets a lot of good good meat and material out of because of all that guilt and regret that the character has. And Gordon talks a lot. He has a very long monologue. And I was just like, wow, this is more dialogue than anyone else in the movie has. Uh, but Jim Veranda is just so good at it. I was very happy with it. I've said before that he could like read me the phone book and I'd be happy. I think one of our inside jokes was somebody was going to get him a phone book. (laughs) I don't know. I liked it a lot. I was like, oh, but you could feel the compassion and everything in his performance. And Gordon is such a layered character that he has a lot to process, you know? Mm. Like, I think my favorite part of his performance was kind of an understated line, but just after like the rest of the group escapes from Uta and they leave Gordon behind. So mm-hmm. she confronts him about that. It's like, so you understand what I'm doing. You'll help me, right? Not in the way you want. That that <laughs> line. It's stuff like that that's endearing me to Gordon. And once you watch this movie the first time, like you should really go in kind of blind because once you watch it the first time, the second time is like so different. It's such a different experience when you know what's going to happen. I was I was very surprised when I watched it in the theater. I had no idea what was going to happen. And I was just so like, I was shocked through the whole thing. And I was just kind of like. <gasps> I think some people were sus- suspecting that Gordon was going to be like the uh, surprise villain at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But no, he's he's just a, a dad. He's just uh, trying to look out for Uta. There's a lot of dads in this movie. Like this is kind of like the dad movie. I don't know. Uh, This is the first time I've ever heard law in English. Oh, yeah? So uh, I was simping hard. I was like, who that? (laughs) And then I was like, that's Matt Mercer. That's one Mr. Matt Mercer. Oh, yeah. I was looking up other characters that Matt had voiced. And he was in a film set as well. And I think that one came out before he got cast as law. So before he was law, he was this weird fucking ninja in film Z. Oh, my God. Named Binds. That's awesome. Yeah, I was I was like, oof. Matt Mercer and my top voice actors of all time. I don't get to talk about him a lot on Dub Talk because he 
isn't in a ton of things that I watch. And plus he's like super busy with Critical Role or whatever. But I still regret the one year I went to Gen Con and I had Matt Mercer autograph tickets for his thing. And I was, nobody wanted to go with me. So I didn't go. And I was just like, but I want Leorio to sign my manga. And now I like kick myself of how popular he got since then. And I was just like, oh, Get God. new friends. <sighs> they did not have your best interests at heart. To be fair, we played True Dungeon instead, which was really fun. But I was like, oh, Matt Mercer. It's okay. Um, he He's in one piece a lot. Don't you worry. Also, uh, so apparently I'm supposed to simp over Katakuri also, and I don't know why. It's uh, it's Jonah Scott. It is. I was like, it sounds like low rent David Wald. And I was like, but it's not David Wald and he's not low rent because he sounds really sexy. And then I was like, oh, some say it's a good change. Some say it's a bad change. That's Jonah Scott. Uh, I know nothing about Katakuri. Maybe the same. Because the Seiyu is uh, Gintama slash Joseph Joestar. Joestar number two. Mm. I don't like. I'm, I don't know if that helps. Well, I recall I, you like number one the most. Jojo number one is my favorite Jojo. But Chris said I would like Katakuri, but he won't tell me why. So he must do something cool, I guess. I don't know. But he was also very nice to listen to. Yeah, he he really only, yeah he really only comes in for a little bit. Yeah, but I was like, who's who's that dude? He's like, it's Katakuri. You'll like him. I was like, oh okay. The whole like Charlotte unit there is just here to fill out that. Yeah, but recent only, popular characters. There's only Oven and like Brulee, and I was like, I don't really know them or what they do, but they're here. It was very weird. I asked, and I was like, do these characters go together for some reason? And Chris is like, no, they don't go together at all. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, they go together like brother and sister. Like, Brule and Katakuri have a very sweet brother-sister relationship. Oh, good, because it seemed a little creepy. So I was just like, okay, well, I haven't seen this, so I'm not going to pass judgment. Yeah, that, that'll be something to look forward to in Whole Cake Island, along with Pudding and Jinbei <sighs> and Brooke. yeah. Pudding, man, she's really got it good. She gets to marry Sanji. So great. She's got that endgame all worked out. Man. And she, like, can bake and stuff. Perfect. She's the best waifu. Except for Uda, who can we talk about Uda now? <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting. Yeah, let's let's get on to the, uh, the last couple. All right. So we're talking about Uta, Shanks, and Monkey D. Luffy. Uta is voiced by one Amanda Lee. Known for roles such as Rui Nakaido, Odd Taxi. She was uh, Junko Kono in Zombieland Saga and Zombieland Saga Revenge. And she's Ai Hayasaka in Kaguya-sama Loves War, a.k.a. Best Girl, according to Ian Sinclair. Oh. Uh, She's also been in One Piece previously as Otohime, who was prominent in the Fishman Island arc. Oh, okay. Like I said, a very different character here. Shanks is voiced by Brandon Potter. We mentioned uh, School Rumble before. He was uh, Kenji Harima, main character in School Rumble. Lovable uh, romance lead in there. Uh, he was also in Stars Align, and this is one that I have a vivid memory of because I watched Stars Align and uh, some One Piece that featured Shanks in the same day, and he plays the abusive piece of shit dad in Stars Align. 
in oh, the first great. episode that like beats up the male school kid. Oh great! That that was some fucking whiplash. Let me tell you. <laughs> I will never forget that. And of course, Monkey D. Luffy, the boy, the king of the pirates, is voiced by one Colin Clinkbeard, known for other roles such as Akito Soma in Fruits Basket, Scanty in Pack- Panty and Stocking, and the mom Hana in Wolf Children. Let's uh, let's talk about some Uta. Finally, the time has come. I would just like to say, when I gave Amelie a dubby for Gosick for voice actor to watch, I'm so proud of her. <laughs> so proud of her. She just has made a nice little career for herself. And like, yeah, I don't care if anybody says that this was typecast. I don't care. Typecasting is fine. This She was so good here. She was the most perfect person for the role. Exactly. Like what? This... What? What do you want from us? <laughs> what we're gonna do? Su- surprise you for the walls? No, 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 no! I don't want surprises. I want Amalia Uda. That's what I want. And I wanted her to sing, and she did, at least on YouTube. And I was so happy. I was just like, "This is the best." And Uda, oh, I can't even talk. I love Uda so much. I didn't think she was gonna be evil. I was really kind of shocked by it. I was like, she's perfect. Like, what? And she's not evil, evil. Like, she believes no. in everything that she's doing. She thinks it's for the good of of her and the good for everybody else if they can all party all the time. And I was watching this movie and I was like, yeah, this doesn't sound so bad. I'd go for this right now. Like, <laughs> I got no qualms. Stick me in Uda's dreamland forever. It's fine. She's just got some weird ideas, right? You know. Because of her, like, I think I think part of it's because of her power. Like, she lives in that dream world all the time, or very frequently. So she doesn't think this is weird or a bad thing at all. She doesn't really have a concept of, like, death? Like, why do you need your body for? The soul is the part that matters. Just come into the dream world. Let's, let's stay here the whole time. You don't need that body. No. And there's, there's so much for Amelie to do here. Even if she didn't get to sing in the movie... Just trying to go from between, like, let's all be super happy to I'm going to murder these people if they bust up my dream world. And then at the end, like, she got really scary. And I was like, oh, my God. There was a like a pamphlet info thing uh, that they gave out at the movie in Japan, at least. Mm-hmm. Talking about like things like where the design for Uda came from. Like, Oda has done... The last four movie villains have all just been old guys. Uh, mm-hmm. And this time it needed to be something different. So he took inf- inspiration from a, a music video, a song called Princess, which was made by Fake Type, who did that uh, rap song, Psychic Doll one, in this movie that I talked about earlier. Okay. That MV's... It's not a one-to-one with Uta at all, because that, that one features a character that's just a straight-up bad guy. But she's like this conniving, two-faced woman who... Sets about controlling people and gets the masses to fall in love with her while kind of being two-faced on the backside of it. And I think that was kind of the vibe that he was trying to evoke was just this two-faced nature. A a sinister undertone, at least. Yeah. I mean, it worked. 
Like at the beginning, she sounds so innocent, even though she knows exactly what she's doing, which I mean, I picked up on the second watch because the first watch I was just like, Uda's here. Like, honestly, he's so good. Like, I don't know what's happening. It's awesome. And then I was like, ooh, like, I kind of get it now. Like, you have to listen for like the little nuances that she does in her performance. And it's, it's there. And it's, it's good. And I was just like, oh, man. Like, there's a part where she says, I won't, I won't let you go. And I was just like, what is going on? Mm. Yeah, right before her, uh, the fight with the Straw Hats on that. Yes. As, as soon as her control starts slipping and things aren't going her way that... Uh... She's like, no, can't have this. Let's lay down the law. <laughs> D- don't care that you're Luffy's friends. No, it's just... It's... <sighs> Amelie does so good here. I I don't want to see say like it's her, her best performance I've heard. I mean, My Dress Up Darling was ridiculous and amazing. But it's like this role was made for her. I loved it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, like, Emily's been doing English anime covers for 17 years, and Uda's a character that wants to change the world with her music and singing. It's kind of perfect for uh, Utaite or Vocaloid cover artist growing up on the internet to want to do this. Yeah. It is just kind of perfect for that. Love it. Yeah, like, some of those parts where she's losing control and starting to just double down. The, The part that I really got into was... I get it. I understand what the problem is. I just need to make things more fun. <laughs> Where the voice just starts cracking and she's getting out that desperation. Yes. Ugh. More teddy bears aren't going to fix it, but you know, you could try. It's good. I believe in it. I believed it the whole way. I'm just, Give me that Kool-Aid. I'm down. I don't care anymore. You, you probably don't have a concept of this because you started with Film Red, basically. But Uta being introduced as one uh, Luffy's childhood friend. This is like the third retcon that that boy's backstory has gone through. Oh, really? So it's it's interesting in that regard. Like, I think it works for the movie, but people have had negative things to say about that. I think it works and it's smart to like really quickly get people endeared to the character, which is kind of necessary for what they're trying to do with it. And also works in the the other direction. When she goes to tear the straw hat, it claws at the audience the same way it does claw at Luffy. It feels like a, in a lesser writer's hands, this would be like a Mary Sue kind of fanficy, fillery kind of complaints. But if it works, it works. What, what can I say? I mean, because I don't read the manga, I don't really have any concept of what's filler and what's not and what's canon and what's not. So if I'm watching it, it's canon to me. Like, I don't care. Uda forever. And I'm just like, I bought it that they were friends when they were babies, you know, and. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know who played baby Uda and baby Luffy? Uh, I believe for both of them, that is still the same people. Oh, good. I think that's Amelie and Colleen as both. They were really good as babies, too. Yeah, surprisingly. Like, they're cute kids. Uh, and they've got a cute friendship as, as children. Yeah, they're fun. I like them a lot. I, I like that she gets up in Luffy's face a lot. <laughs> She's got so many good faces, especially in that uh, section like with the chicken race. Oh my god, that was so funny. I was like, really? She's actually going to beat him eating chicken? How is this possible? Oh, she cheated. That's the best part. 
The fact that she can beat Luffy in an eating contest is the best part. Man, Uda can really just do anything. Is there anything she can't do? Let's not talk about it. I'll get sad. Like at the end of the movie. Okay, I guess because uh, you probably know more than I do. And we have had this fight since we saw the movie in the theater in November. Does Uda die at the end? So I had to rewatch the movie a second time. Uh, so the way... <laughs> so she's, pro- she's probably not coming back. I'm sorry to say it, Gigi. I don't think so. I think she'll come back. Have you seen Snow White? They put her in a in a big little bed too, and she was okay. A, a big old coffin. It wasn't a coffin. It was just a bed. Draped their flag over it. It was just a bed. I, I will say that that pamphlet I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. The thing it has at the end of it is like, think of it more as escaping than dying. Is what uh, Oda has said at the end of it. Stop it. I can't. She has to come back. What am I going to do with my life? How am I going to get more figures? I I will say that the thing, because the movies are always like dubious canon, and the way people have kind of made it work in their own heads is like the events of the movie itself didn't happen, but everything leading up to the movie is real. And who does out there somewhere putting out more uh, CDs? Don't patronize me, Jackson. I think about it the same way I do uh, some of the other movie villains that didn't make it through. You think that she died. It's fine. She'll live on in my heart forever. Nuh. <laughs> we just have to ignore that like, the credits are plastered with uh, first and last album. Is that what they say? Yeah, on some of those uh, CDs. I was looking through real close to check on that. I was just too busy screaming at all the right. people who I could recognize in the background. Right? Yeah, th- th- those are moments for One Piece fans. Like, oh, we haven't seen this guy in fucking forever. They had, um, so their names are Gaiman and Starfunkel. Shut up. No way. Shut th- there's up. The l- there's that little guy in the treasure chest from East Blue uh, who was there for like an episode. And he has a girlfriend who's also trapped in a treasure chest. And their oh names God. are Gaiman and Sarfungal. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's good. That's some good shit. <laughs> One piece is great. Oh, man. <sighs> well, I'm going to be sad now. So why don't you talk about... I, yeah, I was going to talk about some of the sad stuff with Uta's character. Oh, yeah, you do that, too. I'll be over here crying. The Shanks abandoning Uta stuff on the island. That rings like plot contrivance and melodrama, but like without it, we don't have a movie. But I think Amanda like really, really gets across Uta's pain so, so well. And that's what makes it work. The betrayal in her voice and the lines that she's given, they fucking hurt. Oh my God, for sure. An- another lie. I thought we were family. Fucking. <sighs> it hurts. It hurts. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Uh, God. Oh, she's so good in this. She's so good in this. I can't. Like, she's just so good. This is more of an animation thing, but there's a surprising lot of subtle character work happening through animation. Like, I'm not used to One Piece characters being this touchy-feely. Like, towards, like, the third act of the movie, when Uta's getting ready to stab Luffy through his straw hat, the way she, like, gently strokes his hair on his sleeping face, like, that... 
that's such like an intimate, sweet moment that I'm not used to seeing from One Piece. Really? This is this is real like high quality stuff. Oh. Mm. And then uh, Shanks intervenes, shows up, his theme kicks in. Uh, like I was seeing footage from a theater in France where this is where they just started riot- riding, like hooting and hollering and getting the fuck, uh, getting up. Really? I probably would have done the same. <laughs> that scene, the quivering lip, the way she, that full range of just shock and relief and anger and bitterness that all goes across her in a single shot. It's so, so good. And then that still pushes her further over the deep end where it's like, okay, I've committed to this. I've doubled down. Now it's time to triple down. And Amelie just totally loses it and start cackling. Oh, so good. Such a fantastic scene. So scary. I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> Shanks, though. What a... When, when I thought this movie was just going to be about him, I w- wasn't that interested, but I still should it. Like, Shanks is still such a cool guy. And I have basically loved Brandon Porter in everything I've heard him in. Every time. He has such a recognizable voice for one, but when it comes to characters like Shanks, he just has this innate ability to give these kind, reassuring words. Like, he, he feels like a parent. Uh, even he gets to do some of that uh, overwhelmed butt monkey stick like he does in School Rumble, like <laughs> in his uh, backstory when he first discovers Uta in the chest. Yeah, that was cute. And, and gives that, that cute lullaby as he becomes a single father at age 20. <laughs> Well, he's got a crew to help him, but... And and they put that at the climax in the middle of a punch, the way One Piece loves to do. Ah, just hits for maximum impact. Like, I, I'm going to be good for a while if I ever just need to cry on command. I'm just going to I'm just going to queue up. Uta's my daughter. She is our family. And if you want to take her, you'll have to... You're going to have to be ready to die. Oh, man. Shanks has, he has gone to war, quite literally, for less. Love that, man. See, I I don't really know a whole lot about Shanks. So when I watched this, I was just like, yeah, who's this guy? I don't, I don't know who he is. So I was a little confused at first because I thought he was supposed to be like this big, not mean, but like important kind of scary pirate dude and he didn't sound like a scary pirate dude to me and I was just like oh he sounds kind and normal yeah the the first impressions tend to be reversed there oh really people like start out thinking he's like a kind and normal jovial guy and then comes the gets down to business when you threaten him and his family and his friends yeah the performance was so much better when he's threatening even with all the screaming and everything, I was like, damn, I get it. I get it now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I still don't know a lot about Shanks, but he loves his daughter and he loves his Luffy. So, I mean, that's all that matters, really. Do you recall the uh, the Luffy backstory from like episode one? I just know that he like eats the fruit and I don't remember why. Like they were at a bar and... The, the cliff notes of this is eats the fruit... Luffy gets in a fight with some mountain bandits that were uh, shit-talking the pirates. They attack Luffy. Shanks intervenes, because this is him going down to business. They get stranded out at sea. 
And then Shanks, in the process of defending Luffy from a giant sea monster, loses his arm. Oh, shit. You probably wouldn't have noticed it if you weren't aware. But yeah, Shanks is uh, one-handed. And after that point, Luffy, as a child, says, I'm going to go out to sea. I don't care what you say. I'm going to be a great pirate. I'm going to be even better than you, Shanks. And that's when Shanks gives him his straw hat that he's been carrying with him to Luffy and entrusts him with it and says, bring this back to me once you've become a great pirate. And that's been one of Luffy's main motivations throughout the series since then. Hmm. So when I say, like, don't fuck with the straw hat, you don't fuck with the straw hat. I get it now. I get it. I get it now. Yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, I was a little iffy at the start, but it got better for me as it went through just the performance and everything. Like, just because I'm not used to Shanks. So I've never heard him... Or if I did, I don't remember it because it's so was so long ago. But once it got towards the end, I was like, yeah, boy, <laughs> like, that's really good. And then as far as you're aware, he's a cool dude and he's a cool father to Uta. Yeah, it's like Father's Day, the movie. Like, I really liked it. Didn't know about Usopp's dad. I was like, why? What is up with Usopp and this dude? Why do they have some kind of like spiritual connection? And then I, that's when I got that. It's too long for me to explain. Just watch the movie. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, father's son. Usopp's got his own daddy issues. Don't don't worry about it too much. All right, cool. That's fine. Yeah, no, but Brandon was good as Shanks. Once I got it, I enjoyed it. It just took a little while because I'm not used to it. And then uh, poor old Colleen screaming the entire time. Our boy Monkey D. Luffy. Screaming. He's going through it a little bit. His friend's being a little weird. He just saw his friend again for the first time. And she's trying to do this stuff. Yeah. She's saying that Shanks was a no good scoundrel. She doesn't like pirates. Hey, Luffy, why don't you quit being a pirate? Like that? You can't say that. Not to him. That's what he lives for. All he wants to do is be a pirate. He doesn't care about anything else. Just maybe meat. It is great getting to like explore some other parts of Luffy's character where he has... This childhood connection, like this, like childish competitive streak he has against Uta, for one thing, is really fun. I love that. And is trying to help the friend. Like Luffy's main skill is—I don't want to call it emotional intelligence, but that's kind of what it is. He just has this ability to cut through the bullshit and just get down to the the actual point of like, this is the problem. Either tell me what we're going to do about this, or I will go punch the problem away. I will go right? punch the problem. <laughs> Uh, this was something I latched onto with the uh, the live action trailer. Luffy in that is like, I'm sensing some hostility between the crew. That doesn't feel very Luffy to me. Luffy in my head would be like, why don't you guys just punch out the problem? You you guys are having a fight. Just punch it over and be friends again. Yeah, he seems very blunt all the time. Like Luffy's not going to bullshit you, but he has to sound jovial all the time until he's like really really angry about something and then you can tell like okay the time for fun luffy is over now it's time like we're gonna get serious sorry my dudes and you can hear it in colleen's voice and she's been doing this for so long that i'm sure it's kind of old hat to her but man that's a lot of screaming gum gum applesauce all the time it's a good thing she loves that that boy good i'm glad like, in, in my experience, Luffy is the most contentious part of the dub. 
Like, I've had friends who are like, yeah, Zoro's great, Sanji's great. hate Luffy's voice, though. I disagree. In particular, I think she really excels in the fight scenes where she's doing those screams. Like, she's earned her paycheck. Yeah. She's earned her flowers. And in more recent years, I'm seeing more and more people put some respect on her name, which is good to see. These actors are devoted to uh, their characters. Yeah, it's not it's not easy. Just listen. Just listen to like that gravel that's in his voice. That's either, you know, you're born with it or you work for it. There's no in between like you don't put through the gamut of uh, Funimation's House of Screams. Exactly. Like it's there now. You're you're getting it and I don't know. I thought it was really, it was a really good performance. Luffy's not my favorite character just because I tend to not enjoy shonen protagonists very much because they're just so... I get that. They're all like the same. Gum gum applesauce. Doesn't matter what he's doing. It's just gum gum applesauce to me. Don't care. At some point I turned a corner on Luffy. I was like, I I could watch this boy do anything. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm I'm happy. I liked little Killua Luffy at the end though. He said Luffy. You know what I'm talking about? He got all like cloudy Killua at the end. Oh, yeah. As I call him White Luffy. Chris is like, that's a giant spoiler. I was like, for what? (laughs) I didn't even see it. He was like, he was getting real excited in the theater. And I was like, what are you getting so excited about? Yeah, I recall that. The theater just was like, all of a sudden was like chatting really heavily. It was like, what was that? What was that? What was that? Because that was a thing that had just happened in the manga. Oh, okay. So they got to include it in the movie just in time. Yeah, that's that's going to be in the anime because it's been about a year since this movie came out. August 6th is when we're going to see that animated for the first time. Yeah, I saw that in One Piece Day and I was like, oh, this is an important thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. D- don't, don't worry about it. I won't. Just put that out of your mind until it comes back up later. Well, I'm already mad at, like, I'm already mad at what just happened in the show, so I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. Nah, I get you. You know what's up. You get it. You know. I don't even have to say it. You're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some more pain in this movie. <laughs> I really like the final scene with Uta and Luffy. That breaks my heart. Oh, stop. That was really good. You never once punched me, Luffy. Like, throughout the movie, he does a bunch of big wind-up attacks. And then he pulls it back. But all of those were, like, big final blows that he used on other villains throughout the show. Oh. If those had hit, those would have had a big impact. But he doesn't do it because she's still his friend. Yeah, they're besties. Just shit like the the passes of time as a theme will just get me out of nowhere. I guess you got taller at me at some point. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I always thought I was taller than you, but I guess not anymore. Like, it, everybody's growing up. See, I, I guess there's... Okay, you you know. I guess there's a time skip. <laughs> a, a little one. It's only two years. <laughs> Which I haven't gotten to. I have no concept of how old these characters are or are supposed to be. So now they're like late teens, early 20s. Oh my god, are you shitting me? Okay. And and then there's a bunch of adults in the crew as well. Woof. Okay. Well, that's... Oh man. All right. Yeah, I guess that makes sense for Uda. Yeah, she should be 21 
okay, yeah, college age, extremely headstrong and kind of stupid, but like, you know what you want and you're going to go for it. That, that tracks. Also in that scene was when she gives him back the hat. <gasps> it means a lot to me too. It's, it's the hat of a great man, so I expect you to grow into it. Yeah. That, and the single like blink and you miss it flash of a tear that falls off, off Luffy's face. Oh, I did miss that. Damn. I didn't know it was the first time, so I was like, the second time through, I was watching real close for it, and it was like <laughs> two frames of a, of a tear falling down. Like, Luffy doesn't not cry, but it's very rare that he cries, and and like something understated like that never happens. Aww. Where he's holding it back like that. Like, if, if he is going to cry, it's all blubber and, and snot. So like that... He grew up. Ooh, pain. He's growing up. All the babies growing up. Damn. He's a sensitive lad. <laughs> One last thing that I latched onto that this is more like big One Piece broad picture stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a, this idea that's been floating around for a bit that like, what is Luffy's dream? To be king of the pirates. Because it's not actually to be king of the pirates. There's something more that comes after that. Okay. We d- we don't know what it is yet. Oh, okay. But this this movie is one of the first things to provide a hint at what that could be, or like a theory of what it is. The execution scene that Uta creates, where she's got Luffy in the barricades, like with the spears. Why do you want to become King of the Pirates so badly? Mm-hmm. Same as you to create a new era. That There's some big implications behind that idea. I think some broader one piece ideas of what does Luffy want to do? What, what is his dream? What comes, what comes when he finds the one piece, the world's going to turn upside down when he gets there. Do you think he's going to get there? Do you think it's going to end with him actually finding the one piece? I think so. I I think we're going towards a happy ending. (laughs) Well, I think I know what the one piece is and I'm going to be real mad if I'm right. So I hope I'm wrong. (laughs) Uh, I can tell you that the stuff that we've been told about it is it's a physical object. It is a thing. It is not the friends we made along the way. That was what I thought it was. Don't worry. We've heard this joke many times. We have been assured it is not the friends we made along the way. Luffy's going to get a prize at the end of this. Well, okay. Maybe he'll get like a wife or something. I don't know. A husband. I don't know. The friends he made along the way. There's a lot of wild theories out there about what it could do, at least. One theory is that, so you know there's this big, like, dividing line through the world called the Red Line. It's a giant continent. Okay. And you've got all these seas that are divided up into spots and isolated from each other. Yeah. One of the ideas is Luffy will break down that big old continent, the Red Line, and join all the seas together. So... That's kind of like the friends he made along the way. It's like the seas he met along the way. Mm. There's also thoughts of like, he has to kind of thro- overthrow the government in some aspect, right? None of us are about what the world government is doing. We could be rid of those guys, right? Luffy, you want to take care of that? That would be No, that's my Navy guys. We can't get rid of them. What is Kobe going to do? Mm. See? There are several different powers, right? So like, the Marines work for the world government, so they, they could go independent. All right, well. But but also ACAB. <laughs> They'll have to quit their jobs. Oh, jeez. Is what <sighs> I'm saying. Uh, 
I don't have anything else to say about the dub except for how good it was. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling you there. I was trying to look around for like negative things about this movie, and really all I could find was people that didn't like Usopp or Uta. You don't know like Usopp. <laughs> people that like didn't get her plan or weren't about it. Really? Come on. She's so good. Whatever. You know, this is a movie for people who don't like One Piece. TBH. If you like Miku... I think that I think that's movie six, but yeah, no, that you can like this movie without liking One Piece. What is movie six? That's the one that's by Mamar Hosoda, who made that when he was in a real bad mood. Oh. So, in my opinion, it is a good movie. It's also very dark, and all the Straw Hats act very out of character and kind of bicker and are mean to each other in ways that... Don't feel like One Piece to me. Oh, well, when it, I it s- does get there in the, the end with, you know, f- power, friendship and all that. But when I say it's for people who don't like One Piece, I mean, like, like me, like I, I don't dislike One Piece, but I don't know everything about One Piece and I don't have the time to know everything about One Piece. You know, I watch it because my boyfriend got me into it and then I like found some characters that I liked and now I collect a bunch of figures you found points of ingress to latch onto, and you got a lot of that in one movie. Exactly, and I love idols, and I love singing, and like... That's good. This is like the One Piece movie for me. This is my favorite One Piece movie I've seen. I've only seen about four, but that's more than the Udapri movies I've seen, because they don't have four, but, you know. Yeah, I'm, I've been trying to think where I would rank this among uh, my favorite One Piece movies, and like it might be my favorite. It's real tough. Like, Gold and Stampede were fine. They're very fun movies. Zed got into some heavy stuff that I that I was all about and was dealing with the, the Navy and the Marines and their, and their deal. So that was cool. And then Strong World I like because I'm an unrepentant Nami, Nami Luffy chipper. <laughs> like, that, 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 that one's got a lot of that content in it and a lot for Nami to do. So I still... Uh, hold a special place in my heart for that one. And then movie six it is a good movie. It just feels out of character for the Straw Hats. I'd probably like it. I like the weird ones. I like this a lot more than some of the other like Shonen Jump tie-in movies, like the, the My Hero Academia movies, for example. Uh, yeah. I like that we have like a complete arc and some like heavy themes to dig into. Like if you want to have, have a good movie, in my opinion, you got to do a tie-in movie, I should say. You gotta be bold and do some stuff that the series proper can't do because of whatever restrictions are on it. Oh, yeah. They would never do a story like this during the, the One Piece itself. No, but it was it was really good. And like I said, for somebody who doesn't watch a lot of One Piece, I was super excited to see this movie. I was super excited when I watched it. I cried during it, watched it again, still loved it. I mean, and it has like... For me, who only knows five characters, it has your it has your five five. Characters. It has them in there somewhere. It has all of them in there. Well, no, Drake's not there, but I mean, like all the rest of them are there. So I was happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's my favorite One Piece movie. It's fun. It's a lot of fun, but it's also kind of serious and very sad. Like, I've rewatched this one a lot in the past year, and I've been thinking about it a lot in the past year, which tells me it's. It's got to be, like, number one or two. Yay! So, I, I love that music so much that I have edited with that music, and I still don't hate it. 
I hate my own voice more than it, like working with that music. Stop. <laughs> That's just the nature of things. Yeah, but yeah, I liked it. 10 out of 10. I gave it a 10 out of 10. Can't give it any less. We'll see you next February for the dubbies. Yeah. Between this and Amelie in it, mm, it's going to be, uh, well, it's going to be some stiff competition between this and uh, me putting a blue lock thing in every single category. <laughs> so there's your spoiler, fam. Look forward to that episode that's probably not coming this year. Sorry. Good times. Okay. If you would like to watch One Piece Film Red, it will be streaming on Crunchyroll upcoming July 27th. Otherwise, you could buy it on Blu-ray from Right Stuff or Crunchyroll. Hey, did you know that 4K Blu-rays are region-free and that the UK is getting a 4K set with the dub on it? Stop it. Just some little information for you. You could buy it from digital storefronts like I did to watch this movie as soon again as soon as I could. So that's on <laughs> Microsoft and Amazon. We'd like to thank our Patreons who made this episode and all of our summary of the movies possible. Our $5 tier of Megan's Mom and Dad, Michelle Travis, and Victor Mayberoda. And our $10 tier of Anthony Brown, Carla Lestigau, Julia W., Kimwa Soup, Marissa Lenthi, and Otaku Anthony. Uh, Gigi, do you have anything to plug at this point? Uh, not really. You can go follow me on Twitter before it decides to become a letter at Anime Palooza. Uh, I tweet when I can. I'm very, very busy lately, but... I'm trying to be there for y'all. I do have a YouTube channel, same name. Uh, I haven't posted a video in months though, so I probably won't post another one until I get the notice that they're gonna demonetize me again. So there's that. Where can we find you? I'm also on Twitter uh, for the time being, at Tiger. I got through this whole episode without saying the word VTuber. <laughs> but that's mostly what, my, what I end up doing is uh, retweeting VTubers. If you like this, you should check out the VTuber Monarch. Wink, wink. It's, it's Amelie's VTuber. It's not a secret. <laughs> but some of the great singers out there are like Muna Hoshinova or Hoshimatsu Suse. Great, great Japanese talent. If Twitter goes the way of the dodo, I'll probably end up on Mastodon. It's seeming like where I went and joined the server called kind.social. I've got some complaints about Mastodon, but it's close enough to a Twitter replacement. It's... I'll end up where the people go, wherever the VTubers and the Japanese artists end up going. <laughs> wherever the VTubers go, I'll be there. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm on Discord. You will not find me on Discord. And that's the point. <laughs> yeah, I think if Twitter dies, I finally will get to retire. Yay. Kind of looking forward to it, not going to lie. Live my life in peace. To put a podcast out every month. Good times. Well, this is fun. I'm glad we got to do this. This was fun. I, I enjoyed this. Good. I'm glad I learned so many new things about you. I'm so excited. I love learning things about people. I got to talk someone's ear off about One Piece. It's a good day. Good times. Good times. Well, I hope y'all enjoy summer at the movies. I don't know what's next. Is it Penguin Drum? I think the finale comes after us, which is uh, Inuo? Oh, okay. Well, enjoy that. By the way, the dude who I thought would play Inuo is Adam Lambert, which would never happen. But, you know, I'm putting that out there into the universe. It's fine. He's the only one who could possibly sing like that in English. Fight me. Hold on. Fight me. Hold on. <laughs>
Where can you find Dub Talk, though? I presume still Twitter. Dub Talk Twitter, uh, YouTube, Dub Talk Podcast on any RSS feed on your podcast app. I believe the plan is to set up a Blue Sky account. We're at least going to try it out. There you go, fam. Follow. Do the thing. We'll be here. We'll be here. We're not going to stop. <laughs> Can't stop. Won't stop. Not till we're dead. Oh my god. Or until like I become a member of the Cult of Uda and I just sleep forever. That would be bad. Let's not do that, I guess. I was about to say that'd be nice. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All I want is a nap. The internet, not even once.